podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Denny and I'm in a bit of a sulk because you've all been binging on Jules Remey whilst I've been having an ongoing mare. But for the next hour or so, in the company of my two regular muckers, Cam Branch and Carl Kopak, there will be escapism and lots of it. To begin with, I have a very special treat for you all. It's a little surprise for the lads as well. They don't know anything about it. I've just come on air here. Uh, we didn't even have our pre-recording uh, chat to the extent we normally do. I have, lads, for you this evening, for your delectation, some extracts from the companion piece to Stryker. No way. I have some stuff here tonight from Sweeper. Oh, the Holy Grail. <laughs> yes, I just thought I thought you might enjoy this. And, lads, it's fucking glorious. So... <laughs> I want you. I want you to enjoy it now. I am going to uh, uh, because I didn't have time to prep this. Uh, I was just saying to the lads and saying to you now, listeners, I didn't have time. I'm literally having a mare uh, in life in general. I just got to the mic in time, so I'm going to rely on the um, uh, words of uh, Seamus O'Reilly here on the set pieces. I'm going to give him his, his dues. Uh, he's done a review of the book. Now I'm going to read his sort of summary of what it's about, and then I'm going to get to some stuff that you really need to hear. So sweeper. Um, we need to talk about the cover first of all. Um, when 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 I uh, uh, the lads can be having a look at it in the background because it is. I've ab- just seen it. It's I'm absolutely Christ. glorious. We, we need we, we we're going to do a little bit of a, a dissection of this in a section in a second, Carl. But just to fill in people on what this is about, um, basically Sweeper, uh, the follow up to Striker, we've got as Seamus says here, death is stalking the corridors of Lettersford Stadium once more. This time. It's wizened claw tightens around the throat of club groundskeeper Sam, old Sam Milton, Milton, who is introduced a few pages in. Um, it's wonderful. That alone is amazing. It's, a, it's amazing. Old Sam Milton is is nicknamed. A nickname which encompasses his entire name. It, it, how much do you, how much do you have to love that now? I want you, if you would, at this moment, where you're, if, if you're, if you have the wherewithal, listener, to go and maybe pause and get the image of this up. If you're listening on your phone, it, it's probably going to be a very easy thing to do. You're looking up um, "Sweeper" by Steve Bruce. Just look at the at the cover because, as Seamus says, there's a lot to unpack here. First, and Carol and Cam and, and, and Guy in, in, in the background, you can see this. We've got the flags of Israel and the kingdom of Yugoslavia. We've got some bizarre, as Seamus says here, Windows 95 year clip art, um, which seems to be uh, 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 applied very roughly to this image. Um, we've got them sort of like in fake fluttering mode. You've got Steve and his assistant on the left hand side. Now, I'd like to draw your attention to Steve's assistant. We can is, it, is, it, is it Lord Lucan? <laughs> it, it looks a bit like Lord Lucan. And the reason it looks a bit like Lord Lucan is that his actual assistant has had a moustache put onto him really? by some sort of, yeah, that's some sort of high tech 
visual um, uh, jiggery pokery because we we can only assume as Seamus says here that they didn't have the visual rights to the to Steve Bruce's assist, whoever that is. But by far the most impressive thing is to have a look at old Sam Milton himself. He's incredible. He looks like Steptoe and Vardy mixed together. There, he's leaning on his broom, sort of nonchalantly, with his chin on it and his hands on his chin. It's absolutely fantastic stuff to see. And what I thought I'd do is get straight into a little bit of some quotations for you fellas and for the listeners. I, I just feel sorry for the people who are actually at the World Cup now and they're not going to listen to this until yeah. they come back. It, it, it is, it is a damn shame to miss out on this. And uh, I think, I think you will enjoy it. Now, what makes a massively welcome return is the extended chat about Brucey's Jaguar. Sorry, uh, Barnsey's Jaguar. <laughs> there is endless chit chat about the Jag in the first book. It comes up again here. And at the first mention of it, I think he's basically scrambling around after an ambulance, um, which has got old Sam Milton in the back of it. And he says, the Jag was in its usual place outside the club reception. It's an XJ8 3.2 sports version V-Reg. As I drove fast to the infirmary following the ambulance, as it could have swayed through the traffic, I wasn't thinking of power-assisted steering and the speed-sensitive variable ratio. Good God. <laughs> That's cartridge, isn't it? I was considering how life can be sweet one minute, and suddenly, without warning, we are dead. Nobody can foretell the place and hour of their death, which is perhaps just as well. The important thing is to make the best of life where we can. Now, that's glorious, I think you'll agree. But later on, there's another little jag passage that I want to read to you. The XJ8 has just about everything a man could wish for from a motor car, or for that matter, a woman could ask for. Oh, well, no. Are... no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. This is far more progressive than you thought. While there are a few women, while there are a few women in the highest levels of soccer management, there are many women in business at top managerial levels. They'll make their presence felt in soccer as the years go by. Nice. Mechanically, the car has many excellent features. What the hell? What, how is that a link? He's talking about how women will make their presence felt as the years go by, but he's straight back to the Jag. Immediately. Back to the car. Mechanically, the car has many excellent features, 3.2 litre, double A, J, V8, all-high-engine, anti-locking brake system, fascia and side airbags for both driver and the front passenger, power-assisted steering, stability control, five-speed electronic automatic transmission, the audio system couldn't be better. There are nine speakers and six-disc CD auto-changer. Do I sound like a car <laughs> salesman? Believe me, I could sell this motor and have no problem, because I genuinely believe it's one of the best cars on the road. <laughs> and we are out for this week. I will be back next week with some more. What's happened to Sam? Old Sam Milton. Steve's forgotten all about Sam and just needs more car. This needs more car. This tile. I need more he's, car concer- he's concerned with getting over exactly how beautiful his car is, and maybe discussing gender issues in sport. I think it's it's a progressive novel. It was ahead of its time, and I can't wait to quote more from it next week. Uh, but for the moment, we should try to get back on some kind of track. I'm so, not sure I can. <laughs> I hope I haven't thrown you both too much. Uh, Carl, how are you this week? Any any uh, uh, things weighing on your mind there at the start of the pod? Just sit through this NRA meeting, Marge. And if you still don't think guns are great, then we'll argue some more.
Ah, very timely. Very timely. I like that a lot. You can't beat a bit of Simpsons to yeah. some wisdom across in the early days of, of, of a podcast, especially uh, something as topical as that. I yeah. don't know if you, don't know if you managed to see the maniac this evening. Um, there's pictures going around about an event that he organized where uh, people have been killed by illegal immigrants, in inverted commas, uh, their terminology, not mine. Um, and the families of those were holding up big pictures of their, uh, um, unfortunately, um, deceased relatives with autographs by Donald Trump on them as Trump talks about them and how one guy is better looking than Tom Selleck and so on. It's uh, it's if you if it wasn't actually real, you would think it was made up. Um, and yeah, your NRA quote. Seems to be very apt there. Yeah. Cam, how are you, my friend? What's going? What's shaking with you? Well, I was um, going to sit in the toilet for better acoustics uh, in honour of my uh, learned friend to my right. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and with that in mind, I've got three very apt quotes, I believe, again for my learned friend on my right. So, Mister Kopak, these are for you. If slaughterhouses had glass walls, everyone would be a vegetarian. Mm. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. And and finally, I think people who create and write, it actually does flow, just flows from into their head, into their hand, and they write it down. It's simple. Okay, explain to me what's going on in that last one because I can understand the first, the, 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 the gist of what's going on in the first two. I can't nail them down like I did with Carl's one. Where, where are they from, those quotes? Same, the same man, I'm guessing. I know the, the middle same, one, obviously. The same man. They're from the same man. They're yeah. from the same man. Well, I can ah. tell you that the, the middle one is the last ever lyric written on the last ever Beatles album. Ah, okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. And, uh, this wouldn't be on the back of you guys having watched a bit of, um, um, Maca recently in, in a car with, uh, that creature, James Corden, would it? It may well have done. Yeah. yeah. I still it's haven't got, I haven't gone around to watch it. It's just extraordinary. It really talk, is. Talk us through why, Carl. I don't, I'm not really sure. I, I, I saw it and I kind of winced. Like, I can't take Corden too much, so. No, a friend of mine said the same thing. He won't watch it because James Gordon's in it. And to be honest, James Gordon is all right in it because he's genuinely buzzing off the fact that that's McCartney sitting next to him. And yeah, and if and if you say basically they sit in the car and sing Beatles songs together, they drive around Liverpool and they're doing impromptu gig at the Phil Club in town, then that seriously underplays it. And they go and see his old house. Where the, um, uh, where McCartney used to record songs as a teenager in the toilet because he fits it for better. But it's just, it's just wonderful. And, and James Gordon, um, can't spoil it. Yeah. It's very it's, simple. It's very simple. It's very well done. You know, Penny Lane and, uh. Let like, it be. You know, let it be. And, and when they did the, like I said in the, in the group chat earlier, when they just did Hey Jude at the end, it was just, it was the icing on the cake. It really yeah. was. All right, I'm, I'm sold. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out then and, and, and uh, make a point of having a look at that. Look, we've got so much things that we can talk about in terms of, um, in terms of uh, football. We'll start off with some Liverpool stories. Let's get those kind of out of the way. We'll finish with the one that we spoke about briefly, uh, Carl, uh, just before we came live. We'll finish with that story in terms of Liverpool connections. Um, but to get us going, there are some various bits and bobs I wanted to ru- run past you. You can make as much or as little of them as you like, lads. 
Um, we will then have a look at the World Cup, um, Reds-related World Cup and World Cup in general, and we'll get out from there into just general chit-chat. Now, for once, I don't have anything prepared in terms of general uh, uh, questions at the end, but there is a, a little stockpile I can go to. So if we find ourselves in, in that general vicinity, then we'll have plenty to work off. But for now, a couple of things that I did want to run, uh, run past you. Um, it appears as if um, Galatasaray are making moves for um, our friend Mr. Gruich, who uh, spent quite a, a most of last season away from us. Um, it's an interesting idea. They're looking at a loan deal, apparently, because uh, FFP is kind of restricting them a little bit. Uh, Gruich is now 22. I don't know how close to 23 is. He was Jurgen Klopp's first signing as Liverpool manager? We should remember that. Yeah. But but to be fair, um, you know they they talk in the article I read about how he's failed to establish himself in the first team. I think that's very unfair. I don't think he's had a whole lot of opportunity to do so. Um, but over the two years, he's basically just made eight appearances, um, and all of those in the Premier League have come from the bench. So I mean, it's an interesting one. Um, I'll run it past you first, Cam, in terms of Gruich, um people have different fondnesses for players. We've a very limited sample size of what we've seen from him in red, but we've seen lots of them in other shirts. What do you make of him? Would you, would you rather see him around the club next year, or do you think the loan makes sense with a view to a sale eventually? Is he a lad that's not going to play for us, do you think? I don't see him getting many starts. If we are looking to strengthen our midfield further, he's only going to go further down the pecking order. Um, he would be looking to get starts maybe in the Carabao Cup, or the FA Cup, depending on how far we progress in those competitions. Um, for, for that reason, you can't keep a player by saying your game time is only going to be the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup because it might only be two games. And you're just holding the guy back and you're stalling his career. Yeah. And he has to do what's right for himself as well. And if that means he has to go and play in Galatasaray, which is the Turkish league is, is not, I wouldn't have thought it's very comparable to the Premier League. So how, how that's going to help him, I'm not sure, but what will help him is playing for a first team in a, in a league that is reasonably competitive, building on his experience from playing for Red Star Belgrade, where he did win the league mind. Yeah, so, you know, he, he's got to be a half-decent player, uh, regardless of how good that league is or not. He, he, he had a contribution there. So I, I think he needs to go if, if we are looking to make further midfield signings. I don't see where he's going to get his game time. Yeah, well, that's an interesting one, actually, that you bring up. And it's a handy segue, Carl, into where I was going to go with you in the next of these stories. And these will just keep going, moving through them fast because there's quite a few to rotate through. And the one that I was just going to hop off you was um, the reawakening of a midfielder stroke attacker in terms of Fekir and his agent talking about how, well, this is not the end of the story, he said during the week then. Um, and Fekir himself um, you know, he was non-committal, but he seemed to be quite upbeat. Didn't look like a lad whose dream move had collapsed uh, in front of him. And uh, when he was asked about various things, he he was, you know, um, he had a smile on his face, and he was. Uh, I just want to talk about France and that type of thing. Um, I suppose I wonder, in to follow on from what 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 uh, what Cam was saying, when you think about Gruich, I know they're very different players, but you know, nominally a midfielder as well. Um, even a figure is more of an attacking one. Do you think um, there is something to what Cam's saying that, you know, 
Grudge could well be on his bike, if not like with, with, for a loan and eventually permanently. Or do you think you know um, he has a future? Because we do look, seem to be looking to get more people in that general area, don't we? We do, but we keep loading them out. Um, and I know Grudge did well at Cardiff last year, but I, I agree with Cam. You go on loan twice, then you're not wanted. I mean, I know there's some things like Harry Kane and Beckham went on loan and things like that, but just depressed them into Leicester and places like that. But um, I can't see him coming back because otherwise we need we needed midfielders more than anything else at the end of the last season, and he didn't bring him back. And I think that speaks volumes. But I, I just can't see him coming back at all, to be honest. Which is a shame because I think he's got something. He's beautifully yeah. dirty, which yeah. I like. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, he's an absolutely filthy player. But um, I don't know. If he had a chance, the last three home games, yeah, he had more of a chance then to play than anywhere else, and the manager didn't bring him back. And I think that that's a that's a death knell for me. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a very good point, especially when you see how we ended up like um, with uh, with the, the biggest game that we have, uh, we could possibly be playing at the end of the season. Like you know, yeah. if he, if he was a valuable asset to the squad, you'd imagine he'd been firmly ensconced with all the injuries yeah. we had and all the rest. But yeah, I think I think that's a fair point. Um, I'll stick with you for just one more on outgoings because it would appear um, from several outlets. I know um, your man Bascom was talking about. Um, uh, Danny Sturridge and lots of people have been uh, the accepted figure that's being floated around seems to be 15 million uh, pounds that we're looking for um, which is of course um, more or less a nominal fee for a fella of his talent but it's not really a fella of his talent he's only 28 we must remember as well yeah. but, but we do know the issues and why people wouldn't necessarily be I think we're in a situation where people can just uh, say no and squeeze whatever they want out of Liverpool. So this, I think the 15 million is sort of pie in the sky, to be honest with you. I think that guy goes and gets his, uh, you know, it's, it's about getting them off the wage bill yeah, at this stage. That, that's all it is. It is, isn't it? You know, um, it, it's, it, I mean, I, I spoke to, I spoke to Jan about this during the week. I'm, I'm a bit gutted. I love this footballer. I think he's a I wonderful think. footballer. And it's just so sad to see the way it's, it's tapered away to nothing. And, and actually, I don't know, Carl, what you think, but, there's a lot of resentment, isn't there, towards the fella? Almost as if you know, old school disliking him because he's injured and can't play. You know. Yeah, and I and I don't understand it. And there's the whole he's lazy, and you know, the, the thing in Gerard's book didn't help as well. Where Gerard said that there's times when he says he can't play, and you, you know that if, if he puts himself, he could play. And I think that's gone against him as well. I, I just think Daniel Sturridge is one of the most gifted footballers I've ever seen. He's an incredible footballer, and. We'd be talk- if it wasn't for Luis Suarez in 13-14, we'd be talking about nobody else. Well, I've got, what, nearly 30 goals in 13-14 as a second striker. I mean, he's got a lot. He's a phenomenal footballer, but it- I'm just gutted he's got to go because he- he- he can't- he's got no legs anymore. Yeah. And, yeah. and I-, I always have the-, the, um, uh, the game two seasons ago when he played at West Ham, we won 4-0. And Coutinho just gave him the ball and no one else all day. Because he just was basically saying, we played a diamond at two up front. And he was basically just saying, you know, I know you're the person who's going to hurt them. Because I know that's how good you are. And he's got, you know, he got the opening goal and then we battered him. Yeah. And it's, it's such a shame. He's a phenomenal footballer. Daniel Sturridge. And I honestly don't care what anyone says. 
No, I, 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 anyone wants to argue that they're, they're, uh, they're either an idiot or completely lost the plot because he is exactly what you just described. And it's nothing but sad, Cam, isn't it, to see this fella going because he had at one point, um, a real chance at being one of the top scorers for the club in the club's history. You know, he was knocking out goals at a rate of knots. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of grim to see the way it's ended up. It's heartbreaking. It truly is. Um, he, he is on his day, without doubt, in my opinion, the best English striker. He's better than Harry Kane on his day because his game is so much more. His finishing is, is delightful. His, what was the term that, um, our overlord used to use, uh, perfection in anticipation mm. or, um, he, he, his, um, his link up play, his, his movement, it, it was a joy. He was graceful on the pitch. Yeah. He, he had a thunderous shot, very little back lift. Um, sorry. The goal, he, the goal against Seville. The goal against Seville. The goal against Seville with the outside of his left foot. In a final. In a final, from that angle, from that distance, don't forget how far out it was because he's gone yeah. across the goal as well. Yes, yeah. it's about twenty-five yards that shot was, if not more. Mm. You, you, it, it, it's so heartbreaking, you know. I mean, I uh, do you know? In many ways, in many ways, that's the perfect cameo to sum up his time at the club because it's a, 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 a it's a moment of brilliance. Uh, you could safely say he wasn't great for the rest of that match. You could safely say the rest of the lads around him weren't either. Terrible. And the results on the night is, I, I w- I'll be, I'm gonna hold my hands up here. I think that actually hurt me more than any result in recent years. Far more so even than the Champions League final where just you could, you could see that that was slipping away and it was, there were things that nobody could do anything about. It was just cruel fate. Whereas we were a better team than that lot and we had better footballers than that lot and they just didn't show up and there was silliness on the night. But to see that, and see that beautiful goal being wasted. Yeah. That's a goal that wins things. Do you that, know what I mean? He's a player it, winning things. Exactly what we said about the bail goal. It's a goal that wins, not the bail goal. Um, was it the bail goal? Yeah, yeah. 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 The bail, the, the bail goal, the volley, the overhead, sorry. That's the game. That's the type of goal like that, that wins finals. And that's what Sturridge's goal should have been that night. Jimmy, Jimmy Case, 1977. Yeah. FA Cup final against, against Man United. Yeah. One of the greatest goals ever. No one yeah. talks about it. What a, what a spin, what a turn, what a shot. Yeah. You know, it was a, again, a superb finish. Wearing that lovely white kit, I may add. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With a nice red badge, which I do have a refer for. That is of one of the greatest shirts ever. It sure is, actually, inarguably. And we will come to some uh, kit talk later on because uh, our boys were, again, our, our boys in the sash. Sadly, they didn't do too well, but we'll get to that later on. Um, just in terms of a guy who, one other guy who's going out, and I don't know how little or how much you want to say about this, but it does uh, warrant a mention, uh, which is um, John Flanagan has gone to um, spend some time with uh, Steve Gerrard up in Rangers. I found it difficult to bother my arse reading quotes. I, I did wince a little bit when I saw the move, I'll be honest with you, because um, I'm going to just be as straight as I can about this here. When I heard what I heard about that guy, and uh, you know, there's all sorts of levels of indulgence that people have, and they have different yeah. uh, tolerance levels and all that kind of stuff. I'm not really interested in moralizing, but I'm saying personally, for me, that was me done with that kid. And to see now 
the Jared taking him up there and this idea of rehabilitation and you know everyone deserves a second chance I, it sticks in my craw a bit I'll be honest I didn't really want Jared doing that the whole idea of him going to Rangers in the first place is a bit of a rough one and now it just seems to be yeah, really I don't know maybe I, again that's a personal opinion and if you dis- disagree with it um, and you're listening to this you know fair play and, and, and that's absolutely your entitlement Um Carl, what did what have you anything to say about that, or could you be arsed? I, 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 if you want to skip past it, I don't mind. But just can, I, can, it, I, can I give the Rangers perspective? Yeah, please do. Yeah. I, I, I make mine um, uh, goes out with a Rangers fan. He knows his stuff, and he was basically saying he's going to do really well for Rangers. Um, but at the same time, he just thought, oh, for God's sake, really, John Flanagan? From a Liverpool point of view, I, I, I actually thought he'd already gone because I know I know he was at Burnley, then he never played for Burnley, and I just assumed he'd gone anyway because just haven't heard anything from him. Yeah. And, and, and people talk about the local hero stuff, and, and we all got on board with that, but, and people talk about, um, when he captained the club against Southampton, when someone called Mane scored, it didn't got a hat trick, but he, we were 2 0 up and we lost 3 2, he was captain for that game. And I, I, I've always thought about the game at, uh, under Kenny at Blackburn, where he, you know, one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Mm. Um, he just wasn't consistent enough. And, yeah, yeah, to, to be fair, as a footballer, we, as you say, we all bought into that narrative. The local lad made good, and uh, I, I had a tremendous amount of warmth towards him. And then you just hear things, and it frames frames things entirely differently for you. But I, I have to say, just from Jared's point of view, I suppose as a cynical maneuver to get in a guy who's got a bit of experience, it makes sense. But it just look, they're they're they're, they're none of my interest. Rangers, uh, he can do what he likes. Steve Jared now is none of my interest. Really, he can do what he likes. It's cheap. It just cheap. Seemed, yeah, it seemed a bit of a weird one. I have to say. Yeah, it's cheap. That's it. He's that, and he'll go, and he'll go because Jared has to go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a money thing. In terms of the other sort of side of things, Cam, we had news during the week of a guy who's hanging around despite the, uh, stories to the contrary. And one of our absolute, uh, shining, uh, lights, um, in terms of the youth, uh, uh, uh group in, in, in Mr. Brewster, who had been linked and had been very much talking up himself the idea of going off to Germany. I know he was looking at uh, a mate of his um, who has done the business out there, and um, I, 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 he was very tempted, I think. And certainly, the way that he was holding off and signing a contract, it looked very much as if he was off. But apparently, there have been talks with the manager, and apparently, he has been kind of given assurances that he'd be in the first team squad and in or around there. Now, again, I spoke to Mr. Mulby about this during the week, and I just want to hop it off you. Obviously, Brewster's an incredibly. Um, uh, prodigious uh, talent um, it fell out with tremendous um, ability but how um, how uh, you know optimistic would you be for him getting the minutes that he clearly feels that he, he needs and wants he talks in his interviews about how he needs to be playing first team football he's unequivocal about that um, no matter what Jurgen Klopp has said to him he didn't really give those minutes to Ben Woodburn or anyone else of um, uh, of that ilk last season when they came down to it and we're getting nothing but um, top class players in it would appear where do you see Brewster in terms of chances are you excited he's staying first and, and do you see him getting, getting much of a look in um, I don't think it's actually been confirmed yet that he is staying uh, I, lis- I was listening to uh, Media Matters on AI Pro and yeah. they, had Neil jo- they had Neil Jones on formerly of the Echo now at Goal.com and um uh he was saying that the it looks like he is gonna stay, it looks like he wants to stay, but he hasn't actually signed a contract yet, I believe. Um but it's looking very positive that he will. Um he's still on crutches, so he's not recovered from his injury. Um so 
Um, to be getting game time, um, when he's still injured, you know, and obviously we don't know how long he's going to be on crutches for, get back to full match fitness, um, is going to take a, you'd have thought a little bit of time. Um, again, it comes down to, I think, League Cup, FA Cup. Yeah. Um, I don't see how he, you can just throw, what is he, 18 now, I believe, because if that's when you can sign your pro contracts, I believe, isn't it, when you're 18? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's 18. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't see how him as an 18-year-old, regardless of how good he is, is going to shift Bobby out of the way. And yeah. that's the position he, he's looking to play. But, but again, you know, folks need to go and listen to that pod um, and listen to the 10, 15-minute piece by what Neil was saying about Rian. And this kid's got his head screwed on. He really has. And he has all the talent in the world. And, you know, he wants to go places. He wants to be a player. He's got the ambition. He's got the desire. He's got the right attitude. And it will be magnificent if he does sign a contract for us because there was a little rumour going around on the old Twitter sphere. So don't take, you know, take it with a, a big pinch of base, I'll take, right? Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, that Man City and Arsenal were looking at him. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when you've been linked with names like that, that tells you how good he is. And, um, I don't see how he's going to get minutes. So, yeah, you know, we're talking about Grooch not getting minutes. I don't see how Rian's going to, uh, going to get minutes that, that quick. But- I'm thinking maybe just because of where he plays, if he is as impressive in terms of talent as as he's looked at, at underage. When I saw him play for England, for example, I've seen I saw more of him in that than I, I don't get to see the kids playing. So I've seen him more play with in 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 the international side there. I saw it nearly all of that tournament, and he was really impressive. But, but I suppose the, again, what it what uh, sorry, Craig, but I suppose it depends on what happens with the likes of Dom Solanke, Danny Ings, and uh, Divakarigi. Exactly that. Exactly that. And, 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 and you see all of those names that you've mentioned. There's not going to be too many Liverpool players would be too sad or fans would be too sad to see all of those lads moving on. And it's not of badness, but I don't see that happening because if Daniel Sturridge goes, I can see at least two of those other two staying. I'd imagine Ings is the most likely to move on because he's the most yes. likely to get, get a, get a move with yeah. his, his established, um, 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 sort of reputation, uh, and newfound fitness and all the rest of it. And I'd say he wants himself because he's the oldest of that bunch to get moving on as well. Yeah. But it may be Origi too. I just think if he's coming in there, and this is the thing I want to hop off you, Carl, if it, you know, if, if Jurgen Klopp has genuinely had chats with him and that appears to be the case and he, he's, uh, Ryan Brewster is speaking very much as a lad who has had some sort of assurances or some, has a plan for the future and now looks to be, you know, I know Cam was saying it's not set in stone, but the quotes from him seem to be talking, it seemed to be very much about him, you know, um, looking towards Liverpool. He must be of the type of character because that's massively important, um, to Jurgen Klopp. And I don't mean it in the, you know, ham-fisted sense of the word he must be a good lad because Klopp only wants good lads around yeah yeah uh, the fact he's already he's gone public and said look I'm, I'm not interested in bedding in or you know doing a year in the States or anything like that I want to be first team player for Liverpool and you've, you've got to have some balls to do that at the age of 18 and and the fact that and obviously there's the whole thing about you know the tapping up thing and, and the club have pulled him out of that deal and it sounds to me like the club really want to keep him and I think that's a good thing and, and, and he's going to be above Rigi. 
I think definitely above Origi. Uh, Sturridge will go. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Solanke. Ings will go. Keep him on. Why not? It's yeah. Choice. It's the fourth choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I reckon that's the shape of it as well. I reckon Origi goes too, but I could be wrong there. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Reds, uh, at the World Cup, there's only one place to start, and that is with the, um, the, um. Jukiri? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> okay. basically signed his contract for him today. Uh, now he's scored. He's I have. I have. Yeah. If you, by, by the way, Cam, if you're going to say Fakir, you have to say it in the way you said it on Desi. So that's, I'm afraid that's a, that's a rule now. Fakir. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was speaking, of course, about Dejan Lovren, who's, um, glorifying himself as he likes to do and his, his teammates as he likes to do, talking himself up, making videos which people are criticizing because of the nature of the, the, uh, lyrical content of the songs that they're singing. I think we're best off not wait into that until we find out exactly what's going on there because I, there are. I, I don't know enough. I don't I know don't. enough, and I've, I've not heard him. I've not seen him. Well, I, I've I've seen him, and I've seen people say, "Here's what the lyrics mean." I've seen other people say, "Here's what the lyrics mean," and it's two contrasting things. And I would have thought, given that man's background, given the things that he's been through, maybe yeah. he, it, it might be an idea to cut the fella a bit of slack. He seems to be at least a good fella. Um, and you know, don't, not rush the judgment like everybody loves to do. So I'm going to hold off, and we'll find out how that pans out. I'm not going to talk about that. I want to talk about how Degsy is doing what Degsy does. He has had a couple of good appearances in a row. Now I I will admit now right away I'm going to say this. This is going to sound very negative, and you can both react to this how you like. I have the fear now that everybody thinks, well, we've got our centre-half situation sorted. We do not, and we need a centre-half. That's my take, and we'll come back to that in a second. I want to get your take on that. But Dexy, of course, is speaking up and talking up uh, his team's chances. He reckons there are many favourites, and we should be honest, Germany's still here, France, Spain, big teams, big names. We're the underdogs. This helps us. I don't see uh, any teams to avoid, and we're not too scared against anyone. 3-0 against Argentina, this is a big game. I don't know the last time they lost 3-0 in the World Cup, and so on and so on. He's doing what Dexy does. Um, and I think an awful lot of people are starting to warm to it because he's just irrepressible, you know? And I, I think you are, Carl. Yeah, talk to me about yeah. that. I I really like Croatia. The thing that I liked about them more than anything else is they didn't hold it. They didn't hold up for one 0 against Argentina. Yeah. They just when they keep the ball set up, I just thought they kept going. They just kept going, and you know they didn't need that third goal. But now we'll get the third goal as well. And I've not seen anyone who's really impressed me. You know, I watched Brazil today, and they were average for 18 minutes until Firmino won the game for them, and some of the lads scored. Can't remember his name. And um, fake back injury boy. And uh, not bitter. <laughs> and I've not seen anyone who's, who's, who's played fearlessly really apart from the glorious Peru and it, it didn't work out for them and I, if I was I've, I've been saying this today on Twitter if, if I was Croatia I'd start thinking at least at least last four yeah yes uh, your, your take on Lovren Cam Lovren Sovereign yeah, but what, um, uh, you know, what, what about in conjunction with what I was saying earlier on? Uh, no, what, uh, what about people are saying we're, we're sorted now? Yeah, what, 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 is he going to judge a footballer on two games? No, no, we're not, not. We're not. We're, 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 let's yeah. talk about the run of games at the end of the season where he's done solidly enough for Liverpool and okay. now, he, now he's doing solid. What about people are saying we've got that centre half situation sorted? Do you not get panicked when you hear that? Because it terrifies me. Totally. Totally. And that's where I was going to. I mean, you, you've just got to look at the way he's played for us for the last four years. 
there's always a brain fart moment in him. He'll play good for five, six games. He always does it. He'll have a little run where he's, he, he's a, he, he looks a half decent player. And then he will do something ridiculous. He nearly did it against, um, who were the players the other day? Argentina. Where he was, he was shielding the ball back. And the guy nearly came round, you know, and the keeper and the, the two of them nearly got into a right cuffer four. You know, he was shielding the ball back with the player right on his back and the keeper still four or five yards away. Where you know, he got away with it. He's a brain fart moment away from making a mistake. Bottom line is, every player, if they can be improved upon, the club should be looking at improving and getting a better player in. Whether that be Lovren, Carrius, Virgil van Dijk, Mo Salah, Bobby Firmino, James Milner, whoever. The idea is you always try and improve. There are better centre-backs who are more consistent than Dejan Lovren out there. Okay, well let me give you let me give you a scenario, and I'm going to ask you for a quick answer to this, and then I'm going to ask Carl for a quick answer to this. Cool. Say we get in a Fekir equivalent. Say we get in a goalkeeper that we're all happy with. You know, um, one of the big names that we've been linked with, even if it is someone like uh, down the list a little bit, like Strahaska or someone like that. And everyone goes, well, look, it's it's he's he's a good recruit, and he's certainly going to be at least a rival uh, or someone who's a bit better than than Karius. So we get our keeper sorted, situation sorted. We get someone in, in the, in the, um, in the attack, um, a proper, um, guy to spell in or out for one of our front three and we get a, another midfielder of note in. Would you be happy going into the season without any recruitments in the center half situation? Starting the season in other ways with, with a fit, uh, foursome, uh, uh, that we finished, you know, we, we finished with, uh, only three of them. Uh, well, only two of them really fit. Yeah. With the four lads. First, first of all, you can because you're in the middle. But would you be happy enough with that setup going into next season? Um, I wouldn't be happy, but the fact that we signed Fabinho, who would probably be, play, be playing as a DM, reassures me a little bit. If Fabio Fabinho, sorry, is not played as a DM and played as a number eight, which has a strong possibility because there's still a possibility that Klopp will play Hendo as a number six. Then I will be worried. Okay. Okay. So it, depending on on the screening there, uh, yeah. Carl, what about that new new keeper? Um, maybe uh, attacking midfielder and a forward come in, but we leave ourselves uh, pretty much as is with maybe keeping uh, Joe Gomez around as well. Um, would you be happy enough with that? Begrudgingly, I think Matt, it's more of a problem than Lovren, to be honest. Yeah, I wondered about that. I wondered Cause, about cause, that because I, I, I'm I'm convinced that Van Dyke makes Lovren a better player, and I think. Uh, and I think Van Dyke sent Matic to sleep. Matic doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about this a few times. I thought it was yeah. a good point that you, you know, made. He knows us. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's almost overly reassured and and, and yeah. gets into stroller mode. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good point. Um, yeah. So I, I, that's that's probably where we are with that. I think that's fair enough. There's no point getting into it too much until we find out what's going on. Let's talk some more about some other lads. Uh, and some other World Cup related things. Now we could just chit chat. You guys have seen a lot more deals were made than I have. We could start breaking down the performances of Bobby Firmino, um, and, and, and how he's shown himself to be a lot better than his manager thinks he is. We could look at Sadio Mane and how wonderful Sadio is and how much we'd love Senegal to do well. We could talk about, you know, we've had a little word about Dexy, but I'm just looking at some of your World Cup highlights so far. I mean, just some of the things, some of the moments that stood out for you. I'm going to suggest a couple of things. And I'm going to get your feedback on them. 
We'll start off with one that was suggested by um, uh, a listener. Um, I think I'll have to check. I think it was Cam. I'll have to check on my Twitter now. Um, but he was asking about what what do you make of uh, of VAR or VAR so far? I mean, it's oh, that it's, was Dell. That was oh, Dell. Dell. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Dell and Scorelli. Dell LFC has uh, asked us to speak about this, and I, I was coming to this anyway because it's been such a feature. I don't know about you fellas, but I know that when I think back on World Cup 2018, I will think about those nerds in their Star Trek uniform watching screens. That's exactly what I think of. It's the iconic image of this World Cup so far. And I wondered, on, a, on the whole, Carl, do you reckon it's been a real boon, or are you a bit narked with it, or what's your take on it? I think the most important thing is it's been quick. There's, there's been none of that nonsense we have with the West Brom game in the FA Cup, where it was, well, that was, what, 25 minutes per incident or something stupid like that. Um, I quite like the fact that it's fast. I don't like, also like the fact that they, got it, they occasionally get it wrong. I've not seen tonight's game. Uh, which is Serbia, Switzerland, but apparently there's a really bad decision in that. Um, that was I a also, penalty decision. That wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what I thought. And did, did you see the Neymar thing today, Cam? I know you didn't no, know. I didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched as much of the World Cup as I'd have liked. Yeah, I'm the same, yeah. I was expecting yeah. to see actually every second. And you can't yeah, and I'm just missing stuff for some reason. Yeah. I, 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 assume, I assumed you two lads were binging it, because obviously, you know, like that... Producer like, guys the man. We need to get him in on this bit. We do need to get him in and get his, his qualification. No, we don't. He's banned. Well, we'll get to why he's banned later on. We'll get to why he's banned later on because we haven't fully... Sorry, guy. Us. I tried. Uh, <laughs> in, in relation to, in, in relation to the various, uh, in the, the various, uh, uh, incidents that we have seen, I mean, you said, uh, Carl, that it's been pretty much right. I know I saw a bit of grumbling on Twitter that it might have been wrong, but every single decision that I saw up until today, and I haven't seen the ones today, was bang on, if we're, if we're honest. Yeah, the, the, the big one today was, um, I didn't see the night game, was um, uh, Neymar's penalty um, against Costa Rica, uh, which was given and then not given. Um, and then he had the most childish drop I've ever seen, and he got booked a lot as well, as long as he did, with back injury boy as well. He got booked too, which appeared. But um, I, I, I think it's been okay. I mean, I mean, I like the fact that you can you can go back and look at these things, but I also like the fact that it's not infallible, and and I, I quite enjoy the fallibility of football sometimes, and football and decisions. So it's not it's not completely cleaning the game up. It's not like cricket. It's um you know where there's, there's there's so many different things going on at the same time. I think it's been okay. I've got a problem with it, and also I quite like it, but it's it's mostly right. So yeah, I like- well, I- yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely. Look, for me, uh, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that there were decisions today that people were questioning because that means there's going to be doubt creeping in about it. Because Cam, the main thing for me was that I, uh, everything I'd seen about it, the, all the calls have been right. And I think that goes an awful long way towards validating it. And I think it's something that, you know, we do need. I know there are a lot of people, uh, who have, have the different opinions for you. Like, is it, is it, is it a, a bit of a mess or is it something you'd like to see slowly integrated? I want it. I want it uh, introduced into the game. Um, the game is uh, as much as it's a beautiful game, it, it, um, and we want it. We we want the talking points. We it's very much a money business as well. Uh, if you're looking at it in the Premier League context, it's it's about money as well as trying to win the, win the ultimate prize. How many penalties last season were Liverpool not given that should have been given? And if VAR was there, we may have got those penalties. Yes, I, 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 I will agree that there was possibly decisions that we got 
is the other end as well that we maybe the opposition should have got. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, uh, it there's none, of, but it, but there's none of this. It balances out. That's that's bullshit. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. doesn't we should have had a lot more, and that could have potentially been the difference between us finishing. Say we finished fifth, it could, and we could have finished second because of that. Well, we yeah, would have first. We would have been first. Yeah, we've had it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 of course, of course, the the it's not just the point, the two points there that that would have made a difference. It's the swing psychologically of beating them at that point. Uh, you know, and, and yeah. these 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 things matter. Uh, the team get gets an extra boost from it. Yeah, and no, I think yeah. I I I'd be in complete agreement with you, Cam. There, I I I want anything that that gets more decisions correct. I think, but it's it has to it has to be like Carl said. It, the 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 big thing this year, uh, what they've done at the World Cup, that it's still a bit hazy about the rules of VAR. They've not made that clear. But what they have done is it's it's been quite efficient. It's been quite speedy. They've allowed play to carry on and they've called play back if a decision has been uh, assessed that needs to be done with VAR. That, sorry, you've got to go back. It is a penalty. It is a free kick or, or it was an offside. Whatever it, that they're using VAR for, that has been the great thing about it. They're yeah, not stopping absolutely. the game to look at the decision. They're letting play carry on. No, it's all right. Carry on. The game's not being interrupted. They're not uh, interfering with the flow of the game that way. I love yeah, the fact uh, that players are being calling for it as well, which is a bookable offence. I've been laughing myself stupid every time they do that. They're, yeah. turning, they're turning to the officials and making the square box side. That's, that's not your job, yeah. lads. <laughs> that, 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 that is absolutely infuriating. That is... And, yeah, um, I, I, it, de- it deserves a, deserves a straight yellow. It's absolutely ridiculous yeah. behaviour. But speaking of ridiculous behaviour, if I was to say to you two lads, Milad Mohammadi, what would that mean to you? Oh, dusty well, silence. I was thinking it's your buddy then for some reason. Uh, no, it's not your buddy. It's <laughs> it's a fella who's a hell of a lot more athletic than your buddy. It's the Iranian no. lad. The Iranian lad who tried the. Uh, Oh, yes. there's a summer song. Yes. You're gonna, when you said, well, I'm gonna ask you what your highlight was. That was my highlight. How I'm glorious was that? Talk, talk, us, was talk us through your take on it, because I, I missed that live. Um, well, basically, it's literally the last minute or two of injury time. And you're and, losing. Um, and you're losing and you've got every <laughs> player up in the box and you, and you've got to do a long throw, but you realize I can't actually throw the ball that far. So let's see if I can get away with doing the somersault, bro. And he actually does the somersault and then stops. Yes, fine. The somersault <laughs> yeah. was fine. It's just a throw bit he couldn't do. You can't do it because it's actually illegal now, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, but it, it was a glorious moment in, in the way it all transpired. So, um, and there was just like this sheepish look on his face like, yeah, I don't think I was going to quite get away with that if I'd yeah. done it sort of thing. So well, it was oh, wonderful. Also, Trevor, I think you're wrong. I think that's exactly what your buddy would have done. <laughs> Had he have done that? What while trying to tie him into the 36 mobile phone contract? Yeah, at the same time. probably, probably. You're you're right. I'm doing the guy a disservice. Uh, it, I, I if, if people don't understand that, by the way, your buddy G is a character in. Um, People just do nothing on that. Well, listen, if you don't know who Chibuddy G is at this stage, you're not listening to this podcast closely enough. People just do nothing. Go and watch it. You will be very good. I, I, I sent you the tweet tonight with Hans Lowe has Chibuddy G. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, man, that's glorious. 
It's just it's just a seam of endless joy to my yeah. people. So yeah. I think I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Uh, two other random World Cup things I wanted to mention uh, before we before we finish with the football. One was Carl again. I don't know what you think of this, but uh, uh, I don't want to get anyone into trouble here. But I was really taken with uh, a couple of lads who work in the media and probably should know better. One or two prominent Irish journalists, specifically, I noticed. Um, whose stuff I would recommend normally and read uh, with interest, they were, let's say, cocking uh, an eye askance at uh, the Russian uh, energy levels uh, in their two performances. Oh, Uh, really? Yes, quoting the uh, statistics about how they run more than any other team in the competition, uh, it seemed a little bit unnecessarily, I I thought, uh, uh, um, maybe a bit uh, churlish, uh, but you can understand where the the uh, the suspicion levels come from. I mean, you know, given where it's set and the track record is fairly gruesome. Um, had you not noticed anything about this or any opinion on it one way or the other? I, I, I did see something on it. I just thought, well, they haven't played anyone. I mean, I we could the three of us could be sorry, the four of us guys, sorry, of your band um, could could uh, could beat Saudi Arabia, uh, and they only needed one more victory, didn't they? Sorry, done. I didn't see anything suspicious, really, to be honest. Uh, 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 that's an interesting one, and Cam, just a sideways one, I'm going to throw at you. For me, there have been a few just awful teams at this World Cup, and I didn't expect that to be the case. For example, I would say that Mo Salah's Egypt comrades were almost uniformly dreadful. Like, there was a couple of lads who put in a show, but, like, like there were some glorious losers, like our adopted Peru, who unfortunately are going, going home. Um, who played nice football? Morocco, I thought, played nice football. But there's some really bad teams in this World Cup. Saudi Arabia. Well, yes, yeah, for sure. Absolutely awful. Argentina is a. Uh, they are shockingly awful. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Can you explain that to me? Because it's not. Don't. I. I heard somebody. I. I wrote a, a piece during the week there for. Uh, a, a tremendously uh, um, wonderful blog called Some Green Grass and Ball. You may have heard. Oh, of it. it's good that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah, lucky, enough, bad, lucky enough to get a piece um, uh, published on there. But oh, the I mean, no, no. I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's there. It's there. It's on the next one. Did you get paid well for that one? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I got Panini oh, uh, stickers uh, uh, in, in recompense. <laughs> uh, but but here's the thing: you didn't get uh, you didn't get a striker novel thrown in or anything like that. <laughs> I did. No, hey, that's two hundred seventy-two. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money <laughs> So, so, but here's the thing: a lot of people were comparing the Argentina of '86 uh, uh, with this Argentina. The idea being that there's a massive superstar uh, and the, the team around them, and they were saying like there was far better defense in '86, and there were far. Better. And someone was saying, you know, Passarella, Passarella didn't play. Passarella left, and there yeah. was. There were a few solid citizens, but there's a good few solid citizens in this in this uh, squad as well. I've never seen a team not live up to the sum of its parts in such a spectacular way. They're, they were just atrocious. But well, they brought on Egwene I- 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 and and Hybola. That's not Don't bad. Know. Yeah, imagine. They brought them on too late. Yeah, they should have been starting with them. But tell you what, tell you they're not. They're not Solanke and Origi, are they? You know. <laughs> Exactly no, that. No. Exactly that. I mean, I mean Jesus. It's. Uh, I think it's a lot of it's to do with the manager. Yeah, what's be. I mean, the manager. I just think hasn't got a clue. I mean, they're awful in qualifying as well. They're only, yeah, they were. Only just great team. Yeah. So it's not like it is really that big a shock. They're just a poor setup. 
And you, you, if you've got a good manager, you can have a poor team, but he can get more out of the players. But if you're a poor manager and you're not managing it well, the players just don't seem to work. If you've got the setup wrong. And I think that's what it's coming down to. I think you've just so got it all wrong. Well. They were so slow. Midfield, midfield, the midfield was glacial, really. Speaking of uh, poor management uh, and uh, lads who don't really uh, know what they're doing and, and, and making silly decisions, uh, what about uh, cartoon cockney Alan Sugar and his outburst during the week? What oh about God. what about the okay. gloriousness of how Senegal, the lads, uh, completely rejected his apology? That for me is one of the highlights. Oh, didn't they? I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know yeah, yeah. that. Well, they yeah. rejected his apology. Good. Go on, the lads, because I've, I I was following this live as it happened. I just happened to be uh, able to watch it as the tweet went up. It was immediately retweeted. Um, the the horrible, hideous, uh, racist joke that he made. Uh, then his absolute churlishness and gracelessness for at least a half hour afterwards until he yeah. was be- beaten into submission and had to then for the sake of his career, which now a lot of things seem to be under threat, um, make some sort of, like the first two apologies were not apologies, they were um, bitter and, 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 and qualified. Um, so delighted, I have to say, to see the lads say, now nah, you're all right, you stuff your apology, because that's exactly what that deserved, I thought. Um, it, 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 it's quite hard to, it's hard to believe, Cam, isn't it, that that sort of thing can still be thrown out there. Is it? Is it? Is it just because he's one of these rich guys, rich old white guys who's just totally out of tune with the world? Or how? How can people think that's okay? You've, you've got it exactly right. There. I mean, we're 50 minutes into the show, so um, I think it's only fitting that I swear now. Um, <laughs> on, you know, you know, fuck Lord Alan Sugar. You are the biggest fucking dickhead out there. If you honestly did not have a fucking clue that what you were saying was going to be racist and disrespectful and then and then to follow up like you say with well it's fine i'm not i'm not doing anything wrong here it's funny he said yeah it wasn't funny it wasn't even funny because there was no comparison in what he was saying whatsoever there there wasn't a connection there at all It, it was the only connection he was making was was the color that's yeah. all it was. And there was nothing else. It's as racist as racist can be. I mean, Lord Sugar, I, I believe he's of, he, he's Alan. Jewish. Alan, Alan does. Alan does. Alan, well, Al. Yeah. Anal. Anal. Yeah, that's better. Anal, anal, sh- anal sugar. Oh. oh, Jesus. Anal shit house. Um, and there anal. is the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have a word about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think we'll let it fly on this occasion. We got, we, we, we got a bit of shade about your, your previous, uh, your previous chef retired, by the way. <laughs> we got a couple of comments about, ooh, that's disgusting, uh, from some random people who I don't follow me or I don't know anything about them, but they felt the need to, to say they didn't like, uh, <laughs> clickbait, whack fest, which I think is glorious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Anyway, enough about anal sugar uh, and onwards, <laughs> onwards towards the end of the show, and we we'll just do a couple more minutes. Um, uh, I, I, I've got two things that I want to unpack 
See, one is a question that you suggested earlier on, Carl, so you can be uh, thinking about uh, sheds for that, and we'll maybe get a uh, guy in on the act on this one. But I did, uh, just straight out of the blue, I did want to ask... No, we'll, we'll, he's got to be in here because we're now coming to the musical section of the show. Uh, musical oh, okay. section. This is where he doesn't belong then. Well, it's, it's, it's where, <laughs> this is why he's banned. It's where Guy, Guy has strong opinions. We've heard about the Robbie Williams thing. We heard during the, during the week amongst ourselves about Fleetwood Mac, and I'm all, I'm all for that. I think that's good. Um, I, but I wanted to ask you guys, what would be your favorite World Cup song? God. Yeah. Now, don't tell me you don't have lots of them in your head. I'm going to go. Don't. I'm going to go and lead off with this because, again, in my research, I remembered one thing, and it was the glory, <laughs> the glory that was the 1986 German squad singing Mexico Mi Amo. And if you don't know that, just put it into YouTube and go and look at it because it's glorious. Any other World Cup shouts in terms of songs from anyone? I like, I like Back Home. You what? I like Back Home, 1970 England. Back like, Home? Yeah. It was oh, also the Bedeal and Fancy Football. Um, the Bedeal and Skinner song, yes. Yeah. That, now it's coming back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, it's a good tune. It's a, it's a catchy tune. Yeah. Um, obviously, everyone always mentions the 1990 New Order one. That's a good yeah. tune. Like, to be fair, as they go, that's a good tune. We had a few absolute horror shows for the two Ireland uh, uh, World Cups. Uh, we had uh, uh, Pull Them Under Pressure done to... Oh. Uh, Oh, it was horrendous. Don't that Billy Joel song. Uh, God, uh, horrendous. Uh, Cam, I'm going to give you one chance to come in here, but you couldn't think of anything, so. Not really. I mean, for some reason I've got, it's coming home in my mind, but that wasn't even World Cup, was it? Was that Euro 96? Yeah, it was Euro 96. Yeah, yeah, so I can't even think of anything for the World Cup. I don't listen to songs. I'm not, I mean. I don't listen of, to songs. I don't, well, not really. No, I'm not, I'm not a music person, but saying that, Tandem is sat in my car and he's listened to my playlist on Spotify and we sing. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to leave it at that. So you so do I can't listen to songs? No, I play them. I don't really listen to them. They're on there in the background sort of thing. You're a fucking enigma wrapped up in a mystery branch. I don't know what to say to you. Uh, we In the background, <laughs> uh, for the for the listeners' uh, audio pleasure, in the background, we... You have producer guy telling us that Vindaloo would be the song that uh, he would uh, remember for the World Cup, and that's a. Problem. It needs to be sung by S Club as well. Well, it's a more recent one that uh, younger listeners like it, the Nipper that is uh, uh, Guy Drinkle will remember. But Guy has, and this is where we need to name and shame. He has told us during the week that one of his absolutely all-time favorite bands, apart from Robbie Williams, that was Dodgy, you know, from myself and Carolina Roy go um, about that last week, is S Club. S Club 7. Uh, I'm, I'm really at a loss, lads, to know what to say here, so I'm going to hand over the floor to you because I think I've said my piece on this. Carl, I know you have strong feelings about guys' taste. I wouldn't use the word taste. Um, <laughs> well, I would, for one a, thing. It's, um, yeah, I know, yeah, we're not talking about that, Cam. Come oh, on, stay with us. Stay with oh, us. Okay. Come on. Oh, I think Sorry. we're all agreed on the thing you're for. Uh, no, there you go then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the floor is unanimous. Um, but, uh. For, for again, again, sorry, Carl, cut across, but again, for listeners who can't be expected to read our minds, what well, those, those, <laughs> those two are cackling perverted <laughs> is the, be- the beauty that is Rachel from S Club. She's now suitably old enough that we can all go, 
She's gorgeous. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. Now, we, let's move on. Sorry, Carl, I interrupted you, Mint Loma. I'm, I'm just... There's not a great deal to say because the man absolutely adores S Club 7. And you, you just feel like saying, you know that there's other proper music out there with, yeah. like, instruments and songs and ideas and, and beauty rather than just going on about the fact that nobody has a party like an Escola party. And, I, and, and I'm fairly sure that an Escola party would actually be pretty full and annoying. I, I guarantee it would. I guarantee it. You actually had a music-related question that you were going to ask us to throw out there. What? How, how did that go exactly before we get to the last one? Oh, my question was, um, which band have you ever had? Oh, I've had loads, loads of questions today. Which band have you ever had a U-turn on? You mean that one? You begin loving them and then you end up turning... Or you, or you think they're terrible? You think, hang on, no, these these are actually. Oh, that. Either or. That I can do. That I can do for that for 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 the 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 that the the switch around thinking they were awful and starting to like them. When I was a kid, I was you know well not a kid when I was a teenager. I I was too cool for school and wanted only to be into music that was proper music. So I. Turned my back on the likes of ACDC and Guns N' Roses because that was music for country boys who I didn't like with long greasy hair and tight yeah. denim. However, in retrospect, that's glorious music, and I've come to revisit all the a lot of ACDC and 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 Guns N' Roses and think that's just brilliant. So that'll be my inverted one of those. Where were you thinking? What was your show? I'd probably go REM because I didn't like uh, the one I loved. I thought it was sweet. And then, of course, I realised that I completely misjudged what the song was about. And it's not a love song at all. It's the exact opposite. A simple prop has occupied my mind. This one goes out to the one I love. Um, and, yeah, then I basically became obsessed with R.E.M. Yeah. And, to, a, and, to, to a frightening degree. Well, they are they are the original one where you go back to their early stuff and invert the commas, and it's fucking glorious. It's, you know? far, better, it's far better than anything. Oh, before. Jesus. I mean, I know it's a cliche, but Christ alive. Yeah. That, I mean... Document that kind of thing. Oh, amazing. Uh, Cam, any bands you've done a U-turn on, either from liking to disliking or vice versa? By the way, guy, uh, guy, guy says sex. He's just trying to save himself by saying sex. <laughs> I think right. he's doing the opposite. That's a poor attempt. What we found out here is that we, we're not going to be quoting Guy for at least two weeks now, because that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that's Simbin. Sinbin, uh, two weeks Sinbin for you now, Drinkle. That's fucking ridiculous, bringing that into our show. Christ alive, steps, Jesus. Anyway, uh, sorry, Cam, I was asking you. Uh, uh, a, a band, I know you don't listen to music. But. Not, well, I, I, I like you, I like songs here and there. I don't particularly say, oh, that band is brilliant or that band is great because you might not, you're not always guaranteed to like every single song they, they write. So you, you I just like songs per se. Um, you're, you're, you're a big mix man. Yeah, 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 very yeah. much so. But if there was one group I probably really went off, a couple of groups really would be Manic Street Peaches and Stereophonics. Right. Just completely went off the pair of them. But you just went off. Parrot. Yeah, just went off them. Didn't like, is, didn't love them. Is, so. is, is it a Welsh thing? No, oh, that's, because that's I like very interesting. Maybe <laughs> you have. No, no, do, no, do you have no, uh, some no, sort of ra- no, racism Alan, against Welsh people? Ow, ow, ow to his friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cam Sugar here, everybody. Cam Sugar. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, that is the name of the pod. <laughs> yeah, fucking brilliant. Okay, last one is uh, the question that Carl did suggest, and we'll get out then and let people get back to their days because we've gone on a bit here. Uh, it is a uh, a, a liter- literary related literature related question in. in tying us around full circle after the glory of uh, Sweeper earlier on. And Carl wanted to, to ask us, um, uh, what would you call your autobiography? Now, he had a couple of little um, uh, instructions. He said it must be falsely modest in the best autobiography kind of way and disgu- disguising the fact that you are actually a, a rampant egotist. Um, now, I'm sure you've had a bit of time to think about it. I know we had a few a bit of crack in the, in the uh, thread earlier on. Let's get the name of your autobiography. Carl, I'll ask you to start seeing as it was your idea. Yeah, it's uh, it's also um, um, suggested by my friend Caroline as well. Uh, my autobiography will be called Just a Man. <laughs> Just, because it, it, it suggests yeah, that, I know. That, that I'm incredibly humble. Yeah. You're reading that and thinking, oh, there's more than just a man, though, There's so it? much more to, there's yeah. so much more to compact than that. Yeah. <laughs> just a man. I'm just like one of you guys, honestly. Oh, that's fucking glorious. I really like that. And it, it, it keeps to your, it keeps to your, um, uh, instructions perfectly. Cam, did yeah. you come up with a, 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 an autobiography title? Um, no, I'm going to go with what I said earlier, but then I'm going to add to something that, uh, Copac put in there, which was really cool. So my thought was, a life lived fully, but regretfully. I can brain. Yeah, that's, that's that's suitably downbeat, friend. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Good, um, good. But the one that um, the one that would be more appropriate for right now would be sheds, waistcoats, and tight pen. The book brain story. Brain story. Ah, fucking great. <laughs> now here's where we get to absolutely. Uh, wreak havoc and revenge on Drinkle for his ridiculousness in terms of putting uh, the the idea of steps into our head and uh, S Club and so on. Uh, we did have a couple of suggestions for Guy's um, autobiography earlier on. I know mine was Don't Be That Guy, A Journey to the Music's Dark Side. Um, he responded with Guy's Guide to Absolute Anthems. Uh, but then Carl came back with Ain't No Party Like a Guy Party. Uh, <laughs> and also, in a nod to the Williams, the Williams story from last week, Loving Drinkles instead. That's glorious. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm very happy with all of those. Mine, of course, would be Upside Downy. And I was thinking yep. about this title, but oh, I'll just leave excellent. it. Excellent. I think it just works better if we just leave it at that. Oh, you've got loads though. You've got Downy Town. I know, I know. Yeah. I know, I know. We, 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 this is a revisitable feature. Yeah, just, don't, we, don't let me downy. Don't let me downy. Yeah, yeah. Don't let me downy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of the pod. It's all, it's all, it's all about the emphasis. You, yeah, sorry, mate. Cam Sugar's going no. Cam Sugar's going <laughs> yeah, and on that Cam Sugar note, we will leave it for tonight's episode of the Ampule Index Podcast. I've been Trev Downey, you've been you. And before I go, let me thank my two muckers for another great show as we depart. Carl, any last words? Um, yeah, Sun Green Grass and the Ball is now a weekly uh, article. Every article is out on Wednesday at noon. Uh, and uh, so far in the World Cup section, there's been Jamie Henderson, my mate. Uh, Mr. Barney talked in 1986 this week. I'm back on Wednesday with 1978. 
and then Stephen Sprague was doing 1982. Glorious. Cam, any final thoughts? Stan Smith. Rest in peace. Ooh, nice. That was weird, wasn't it? Sorry, I have to talk about this for 10 minutes as well. That's a profound little way for you to go out. And on that note from Cam Sugar, we will leave it, um, treasured <laughs> listener. Um, I'd like to make the usual request to you that you use your manifold platform, spread the word about the show. We'd like to get it bigger than it is already. Uh, we'd like to get even more if you're listening. So if you do enjoy it, maybe just tell someone, um, pass it on, do a retweet, whatever it is you do. We'll be back next week for more of our typical withering, you know, the crack at this stage. Listen, don't lose the head over transfers just yet. Get some jewels remaining to you. Grab a cold one from the beer. Be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.